With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Oh, I'm you know? right. oh, can do it now. You can do it now. Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. It ain't no man's You know, I got to do something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. And now, your host, Chad Cut the music, it's 8 o'clock, it's Wednesday, y'all know what it is. It's the Recruiting Roundtable Show here on Gridiron Stud Show via Blog Talk. Did I say that like a New Yorker? Blog Talk. Blog Talk Radio, as we are on every Wednesday here talking uh, recruiting. And I'm going to have six. I lost one guy off my roster. You know, life calls. Uh, Life gets in the way. So, uh, six. Of the top recruiting reporters will be on with me tonight from 247sportsrivals.com and scout.com to talk about recruiting across the country. It's going to get crazy now, folks. All of the high school games are over. Can you believe that? They're done. Well, not quite exactly. I mean, there are some championships that need to be taken care of. Um, In some states, we're probably in the semifinals. But by and large, uh, most of our football is done and over with. For the majority of the high school football players out there. So now it's time to uh, turn the full attention to recruiting. As we are just about uh, a little under, you know, two months away from National Signing Day. Obviously the Super Bowl for uh, recruiting. And we are, you know, less than a month under, less than two months away from that special date. We are headed towards a dead period as we do every year as we approach the holiday season. Don't need these college coaches 
getting smacked upside the head at the dinner table by the wives because they're down there texting some recruit that just absolutely needs uh, attention in the middle of the night or whatever. So uh, that means things are going to get hot and heavy and crazy and fast, and uh, all that good stuff is going to happen. Coaches are out right now from all of the college programs, uh, making their way through uh, all of the streets, trying to pick up the bargains. I mean, Christmas time is just not for Target and Walmart and all that. College coaches are out there trying to find their bargains, trying to clean up their recruiting classes, trying to bolster their recruiting classes, trying to do all that good stuff. Uh, I do want to give props to Blog Talk Radio because, you know, I do get on them when they uh, mess things up. Um, But a nice little thing that they've done here is when uh, I post on Twitter – all you got to do is hit the little media button under a post if I post a link for the show, and it sends you live right now. You can listen to the show right now from Twitter. You don't actually have to click a link and go to Blog Talk Radio. You can open that up and uh, hear the show right then and there. Something new, and I appreciate that from the folks over there at good old Blog Talk Radio. But uh, all right, it's a cast of some of the usual suspects. Andrew Spivey is going to join me from GatorCountry.com. He's going to talk, uh, obviously, Florida Gators recruiting. Going to have Ryan Bartow from 247 Sports, national recruiting analyst. Woody Womack, my guy in the southeast from Rivals.com. Then uh, Greg Biggins always brings the good information. He's from Scout.com. Far West recruiting is uh, his specialty. Bill Green, Midwest guy, covers up Michigan and Ohio State. And uh, anyone else, Michigan State, let me not leave any of those schools out. Big Ten, basically. But – He's based in Ohio. He'll be on to talk with me. And uh, Rob Cassidy here. He's going to talk University of Miami recruiting and what they've got going on. I guess uh, there's big things going on at the University of Miami. Now with the hiring of Mark Richt, something that seems to be quite popular with the folks down in this area. Everyone's very, very happy about that hire and feel like uh, the University of Miami's hit a home run. What would be most important is if the recruits and the high school coaches down here and the parents down here, and the handlers and the mentors, you got a lot of stuff to swim through when you're down here in the state of Florida trying to get a guy, okay? Uh, it's going to take you a minute to find out who's who uh, in terms of, you know, who you need to win over to get a kid. Is it uh, is it the high school coach? Is it the dad? Is it the uncle? Is it the stepdad? Is it the grandma? Is it auntie? Is it the mentor? Is it the trainer? Who do you got to win over? Who's got the ear of the kid? Very difficult. When you come down here, okay, this is not uh, very easy. You can get very, very frustrating. And in the last recruiting cycle, oh, my goodness, the stories that I heard, the things that went down. I mean, college coaches driving through the streets. I mean, you had a situation. Now, obviously, I'm going to keep these guys nameless. But you had you had a pair of college coaches go to a kid's house. In the midst of talking to him, and now he's a committed. He's The kid's committed to them. In the midst of talking to them, a family member jumps out and says the kid is going to another school, which I will remain nameless. But in the middle of the visit, the stepfather just jumped out and said he's going to this other school. Completely blindsided the two coaches that were there, and it effectively ended the visit. So as a result, uh, these two coaches needed to go find a replacement for this kid ASAP. So they ended up driving through the streets of Miami looking for a particular kid who they could not locate. I mean, you couldn't make stuff like this up. 
I mean, there's a reality show. I mean, there's a there's a, an actually a show coming on tonight based on the reality of the music industry. Everyone watches it. A lot of people watches it. Let me not say everyone. A lot of people watch it. It's called Empire. I'm promising you they need to do something like this for recruiting. They've got to do it for college coaches. I mean, it has to be done. They made Friday Night Lights. Uh, you got to do one of these right here. I mean, the story, the true life stories that go on in college football recruiting would blow you away. So, I mean, why not do a show? I mean, if you just did a reality show on it, you got something. But uh, if you want to do something scripted, too, like they do with Empire, you wouldn't be going wrong. I mean, you'd be on to a good thing. Trust me on that one. Because uh, things get quite crazy. Anyway, uh, if you want to call in to the show tonight, the number is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. I will have an open phone line segment later on, 930. 9.30. We'll have that. Kind of difficult to get uh, you know callers in when I've got the uh, recruiting reporters spitting out their information back to back like that, you know. So uh, I will have open phone line segment if anyone wants to take advantage of it. If you a parent out there listening to the show and you've got a recruiting question, feel free to call in and uh, a- ask your question here. And I encourage you to do that. Of course, you could email me, but I encourage you to ask the question if you can live on air. There may be someone else who has that same question, and I, you know, if I answer it for you, then I also answer it for those other folks who have the same question. You, trust me, a lot of what you think is unique to you is not. We've got a lot of kids in this country playing high school football, and there are a lot of similar situations that go on. As unique as you think your situation might be, it probably is not. And so if you can come on here and uh, ask the question, and I can get it answered for you live on the air. Someone else listening who also had that question can get the question answered as well. So you're helping the community by calling the Gridiron Stud Show tonight. And again, that number, 347-633-9365. If you're away from a phone, you can't call me. You can reach me on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. You can ask the question there. I do have my uh, Twitter page open right now. And we'll be checking notifications. I'll be wading through the BS that is in my uh, notifications, as I do from time to time get some nonsense. And then, uh, you know, we can get to the real stuff. But, again, pretty good lineup coming at you tonight to uh, get us set for the uh, the home stretch that we've got here in recruiting. And uh, get the strap up, folks. This thing's going to get crazier every year. I hope you understand that. Every year it's going to get crazier, crazier and crazier. Kids are going to look for, you know, um, different ways to publicize themselves. You know, just coming out and announcing their, you know, their commitment, let's say. Just a flat announcement. That's just not good anymore. That's boring. I mean, last year you had a kid pull a live baby gator out. Yeah, he did that. And then proceeded to go to another school. <laughs> How about that? Kid pulled a baby gator out. 
uh, to announce his commitment and then ended up you know, going to another school. Uh, you remember what Adoree Jackson did when he was coming out? Uh, Amon Marshall made a feature film. So you're going to have all kind of crazy stuff going on. Someone's going to go over the top. But over the years, over the last couple of years, we've had those things that I've just talked to you about. You had a recruit whose mother grabbed the papers before the kid could sign it and bolt out of the, uh, or, you know, out of the gym, take off, never to be seen again. Duplicate papers had to be sent. We got a lot of fun stuff that goes on with recruiting, and uh, I promise you, every year it's going to get crazier and crazier. You had the fun stuff that went down last year with uh, Byron Coward and C.C. Jefferson. Essentially, you know, pulling a, a delay and holding up both Auburn and Florida fans and the coaching staff. There'll be more of that this year. You better believe it because the whole recruiting process thing has become more and more publicized. Fans care more than they've ever cared before. You've got quote unquote, and you can see my fingers being put up, media members. And I'm really stretching the word media when I say that, okay? But uh, media members that want to report on everything a kid does. I mean, they will take a picture of a kid pumping gas, eating Cheetos. That is news now, okay? It is news. That's news. Believe it or not. Everything these guys do. And then, uh, you know, people have the audacity to get upset when a kid gets big-headed. Of course he's big-headed. You're reporting on the kid scratching his rear end. The moment you think that a kid walking out of a store is important, you can you can bet that kid's going to lose his perspective. You know how grounded he would have to be? You know how many people he would have to have in his life that have good sense that are talking to him on a regular basis to keep that kid grounded and not to have him fly off like a loose helium balloon from a carnival. We're talking about 16, 17, 18-year-old kids here. It's very difficult for them to keep their feet on the ground when everyone is just swinging from the there you know what. So that's the situation you've got going on and it's uh not going to get better. We're ranking youth football players now, folks. Youth football players are getting ranked top 20, 50 in the country, 100, class of 2032, top 50 rankings. That's going on. Rivals last year started including middle school profiles. What in the holy high hell are we doing? What are we doing? But hey, can you get mad at rivals? They know it's coming. They might as well be the industry leader. So the first ones, I guess, to offer middle school profiles. And, you know, perhaps some of those other companies have come out and said, oh, well, we'll we'll never do anything like that. Oh, you won't? Just give it some time. You'll be right there. Be posting profiles of kids missing their two fronts. But you're ranking them. Innocence is lost now in uh, youth sports. There is a need out there right now to know who the number one ranked fifth grader in the country is. If you're the father of that fifth grader, what do you do with that? Do you go do you go to work and shove that in everyone's face? Do you do you jump into every cubicle 
and let every one of your coworkers know that your son has been ranked number one for the class of 2028? Doesn't that sound crazy even saying that? 2028? I mean, for people my age, that's that's like past the Buck Rogers years. Like Buck Rogers, which was a space futuristic show, it was about the future, it was 2024. And according to the show, which was, you know, written up in the 80s, Everyone was going to be in spaceships by 2024. Well, they kind of missed on that, but we're ranking kids past the Buck Rogers years. We're ranking kids in the Star Wars years. Unbelievable. So when you start ranking kids from middle school, fifth graders, youth football kids barely fitting into their pads, what do you think is going to happen by the time they get to high school? I mean, you know, we've seen what's happened to childhood stars. You know, we've seen that. And we're talking about the ones in Hollywood. They break. They completely and totally crack. You know, we might see that same thing coming up here. Nevertheless, um, it is what it is. I'm going to take a quick break. When it's uh, When I get back, it's time to hit the round table. First, coming at you right after this. OMG, look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team, and that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers, handling the ones that you have now, and while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844 696-8722. 844-MY-MVP-CC or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. here on the East Coast, for all of you folks listening in the Midwest and uh, way out West, I appreciate it. If you're listening in Hawaii, major props. If you're listening in Switzerland, uh, why? But hey, we're glad to have you. If you're listening from if you're listening from Europe, it's kind of late there in the morning. You are appreciated. Nevertheless, uh, there's no school uh, hotter and uh, you know more involved in the recruiting swings right now than the Florida Gators who are enjoying a uh, double-digit win season under new coach Jim McElwain and the big news for them right now is what they're doing at quarterback and to talk about that and several other things is uh, my man in the Gainesville area it is uh, Andrew Spivey I'm not sure if you are in the Gainesville area but we'll just tell everyone that huh Andrew there we go. And you know people in Europe are definitely listening to me. I mean, when you said my name, they were like, oh, turn the radio dial on. I saw all the Norwegian people <laughs> scurrying to their computer and uh, <laughs> to listen to the show because uh, it's going to be all about the Florida Gators right here, right now. Spivey, we're heading into this dead period. This is an important part of the year. Coaches are out. You know, they have the uh, so-called break. This is what coaches, college coaches do on their break. They go hit the road recruiting. Tough life. But uh, nevertheless, um, what are the three things we need to know right now? If you're a Florida Gators fan and you're interested in Florida Gators football, what are the three things you need to know about Florida Gators recruiting right now? Can it be the same answer three times? Because Florida fans huh. only know about Jacob Eason right now. <laughs> it's the, uh, well, yeah, give us the, the give world. us the latest on Eason, man. Yeah, so Florida is uh, scheduled to go out tomorrow. Uh, it, actually, Jacob is going to be in New York accepting a uh, Player of the Year award. Uh, Coach Mack and uh, Coach Nussmeyer heading out to New York. Uh, going to meet the family, also going to be in attendance for the event. Um, and then Jacob is going to go to um, Athens this coming weekend for an official. And um, then Florida may go in on Sunday. I haven't gotten a definite word if they're going to go in on Sunday or not. But um, it's 50-50 right now, in my opinion. He may be committed to Georgia, but as we all know, that means nothing. I think it's about 50-50 right now. What do you think it's going to come down to, Spivey? Um, does Kirby Smart get an offensive coordinator that he's familiar with? If he's familiar with the offensive coordinator, if it's an offensive coordinator with a pass that is good for quarterbacks, then I could see him going there. But he's so comfortable with Nussmeyer right now and has no comfortability with anyone at Georgia outside of their running back coach who's not going to really be involved in Jacob's day-to-day uh, quarterback progression. So it's going to be tough for Georgia because I think that 
them losing Schottenheimer on top of Rick really hurt them. I mean, he's the quarterback, and a quarterback that thinks he's going to go to school and start from day one and be in the NFL in four years, uh, he doesn't want to exactly get to know a, an offensive coordinator or go to an offensive coordinator he's not familiar with. Certainly. So uh, what kind of timetable here does Kirby Smart have to hire himself an offensive coordinator so that he can land a number one quarterback in the country? Yeah, Jacob's telling everyone that by next week at this time, he's going to have a decision made. Uh, he's going to the Army game um, at the end of the month, and then he's enrolling in school in January. So um, he's saying he wants to have a decision by next week. And, um, you know, people are saying Kirby Smart's not in any rush to hire an offensive coordinator. And, that you know, the word is is he's kind of stumbling on who he wants. Uh, he, he reached out to Arkansas's offensive coordinator, not even knowing that he had a no-compete clause. So it almost looks like Kirby's kind of lost in what he wants. And, um, Jacob Eason was quoted yesterday as saying that Kirby told him he wouldn't have an offensive coordinator by this weekend. So, you know, it's coming down to crunch time. Uh, the only thing Georgia has right now going in their way is he's very good friends with a lot of their commits. They're going to be at the senior banquet together uh, over the weekend in Athens. Maybe those guys get in his ear, but Jacob's a guy that kind of looks out for himself first like he should. So I, I don't know how much of a pool that's going to be, but Kirby Smart needs an answer on who his offense coordinator is going to be this weekend when he meets with the Eagles. Andrew Spivey joining me here from GatorCountry.com. All right, well, there's a quarterback that's already in the stable, too, actually. But if we're talking about big names and no you know, no offense to Kyle Trask, um, you've got Felipe Franks there. And all the talk right now is Jacob Eason. You even said that when you came on. What kind of effect is this having on Felipe Franks? He's quiet right now. I think he's a guy. He, he did have an interview yesterday that said he wasn't as scared of anyone. Competition wasn't a big deal. But – He's very quiet right now. I think he's taking it all in. And, you know, he says he's all in at Florida. What happens when the, the number one quarterback commits? Does it change tune? Mm -hmm. Now, Franks is going to see Coach Mack. Coach Nussmeyer are going to go to, his, uh, to his high school state championship game on Friday, and then he's going to be on campus this weekend for an official visit. You know, I, I think that Florida's going to let him know they want him, but whether he sticks or not, you know, with easing coming into the class, if that happens, I think it's going to be the biggest question mark. I, I think we all can agree quarterbacks want to play from day one. Does he look at Eason and think he can beat him out? That's the question I think is up for grabs right now. But both of them are early enrolling. Both of them only have a couple weeks to go. So if it's not Florida for Franks, you got to say it's LSU who visited him today at his school. So we'll see where that goes after Eason makes a decision. All these big-time quarterbacks, and uh, this has to attract wide receivers. So, uh, you know, to round things up here for the Gators, uh, in terms of recruiting, what's the effect this, you know, the talk of having one or maybe possibly two of these top quarterbacks in Florida, in Gainesville, uh, what's the effect on the recruiting class in terms of wide receivers? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is a guy like Benjamin Victor. He's now supposedly reached out to Florida and is maybe now has Florida and Ohio State both sitting on top. For a while it was Florida, then it went back to Ohio State. Ohio State kind of weirdly brought him in on an official visit in October, uh, Florida still has one in their back pocket. So Florida's starting to move up for Victor. Does it? Does a Jacob even jump into the class, push Florida even more over the top? I personally think so, but we'll see. But then a guy like Nate Craig Myers as well, he's kind of looking at this quarterback competition. Um, Trey Nixon's the same way. And then you have guys like Eli Stowe committed to Auburn. Yes, Sam Bruce committed to Miami. What does an Eason do to them if, if he gets in the class? Does he reach out to those guys? 
Eason's a guy that is very big, talkative guy, recruits a lot. So I think a couple guys could be leaning more so to Florida that they're not already. But Florida's already locked up, you know, four really good receivers and has guys like Nate Craig, Benjamin Victor, Trey Nixon, all leaning headedly to Florida. This may just push it over the top for them. But maybe the biggest thing is Isaiah Nada, the tight end from IMG. Where does he go in all this? Good friends with Jacob Eason. Georgia doesn't have a coach that he knows right now. Does Florida maybe slide in at the last minute and grab him? That'd be a big pickup for the Gators. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's been tough watching offense here for the last, you know, couple of weeks, even a month here for the Florida Gators. But it sounds like, have no fear, help is on the way. Spivey, man, appreciate you coming on the recruiting roundtable and having a seat with us. You got it, Chad. Talk to you next week. All right. Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. On with us here talking about the uh, multiple big-time quarterbacks that the Florida Gators have the uh, pleasure of juggling right now. Will they get one? Will they get two? Will they get none? That'll be one of the big storylines as we head down the pike here to what's uh, National Signing Day. All right, from uh, Andrew Spivey, we're going to go to Woody Womack from Rivals.com. He's in some part of the country. Mississippi, is that where you are right now, Mr. Woodster? Yeah, that's right. I'm in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So, uh, you know, tourist destination of Yes, all of you guys are packed in there. What's the weather like? Is it treating you nice there? Oh, no, it's beautiful, honestly. I tell you what, we've had, it seems like spring here. We've had like 70 degrees. I actually might have got a little bit of a tan here uh, so far this week. So usually it's 30 degrees, it's raining, it's cold. Uh, which you know, I'm headed to Spartanburg, South Carolina next week for, for their all-star game. So hopefully we keep this streak of warm weather here in the southeast going. Sure. Uh, let's keep the air muffs away. All right. We're uh, heading towards this dead period. You know, this time of year is usually a lot of good stuff going on, and this won't disappoint. So tell us, what are the three things we need to know going on in your area of the country right now? Well, everything in, in my neck of the woods is uh, revolving around Georgia, of course. You know, we talked to sure. heard, uh, Spy- Spivey talking about Jacob Eason there. That's what we're all mm-hmm. watching. I mean, you know, we uh, – we're watching him. He's out Washington right now on his official visit. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of drama. Is, is Kirby Smart going to going to be able to make it make him stick? And I think uh, he's going to probably make that final decision sometime during the dead period, whether it's at the mm-hmm. All Star game because he's got to he's got to move in. He's got to go to school. If he's going to move from Washington to uh, to Florida, you know, to, to, as me as a guy who moved from Oregon to Florida, I can tell you, you got that takes some advanced planning, even. Uh, you know, if you're a five-star quarterback. So he's going to have to make that decision sometime soon. We're watching that very closely. And then we're watching uh, to see who the Bulldogs can get with these five-star players. I mean, we've seen some of the guys come out and say they haven't heard from Kirby Smart yet. Derek Brown was one of those guys. Uh, actually, Ben Davis, a five-star linebacker from Alabama, who, who named Georgia his leader after Smart got the job, so he hasn't even talked to him yet. So somebody get Kirby mm-hmm. Smart multiple cell phones because he's <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, you know, on, there man. was the talk on, on the SEC network, which has turned into the Crimson Tide network, by the way. Um, I've heard the talk about how much he's going to have to juggle and really be on top of his time management. And, you know, I hear this, you know, this story from you. Um, he, he might need to tighten that up a little bit. Do you feel like he's going to feel any pressure to hire an offensive coordinator to try and secure a Jacob Eason? Or uh, or is he just going to, you know, take his time and whoever comes, comes? I think he's got to get it done. I think I was told today that there was only three coaches recruiting for them right now. 
uh, which, you know, this is not the time. We're, we're coming in. we got three, you know, just a few more days before that dead period starts. I think they've got to get that stuff uh, resolved the sooner the better. I mean, who cares about, you know, whatever. I can't even remember what bowl game they're in. So it's like, the, you know, do we <laughs> – does it matter? Does it matter? Because they're going to be in the Birmingham Bowl next year if they don't get, uh, you know, some of this some of this stuff together. So I I say get get it done. And you know I I don't see what the harm is in maybe retaining some of the other guys that uh, that are there. Not maybe not the coordinators, but some of the guys that are closer with recruits. Maybe a Brian McClendon or somebody like that that you know has a good rapport. You just one thing we don't realize, you know, or some the public doesn't realize is that Kirby Smart has been recruiting against those guys. Uh, and as you can affirm, Chad, some of these coaches don't say nice things about one another when they're going head-to-head year after year for sure. the same players. So, so those fences sure. sometimes aren't mended easily. Yeah, uh, and here's the danger, though, in what, in, in what you're suggesting. Yes, you could go take some of these guys out there on the recruiting trail with you, um, and they could be entertaining other job offers. And so they're out there with you talking to all these guys, and then they end up somewhere else. We had this happen last year with Jim McElwain, who had uh, you know Travars Robinson with him for much of the early part of his tenure there going out and doing recruiting, and the next thing you know, T-Rob was at Auburn. So uh, there could be a little bit of that you're worried about. Yeah, boy, me and uh, my boss, Mike Farrell, uh, had a pretty big bet on that because I was told T-Rob was gone, and he said, no, he's staying, he's staying. You know, needless to say, I won that bet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, we wouldn't be hearing about it. Now, would we, Woody? I'm not one to brag, as you know. Uh, I'm a very humble guy, but, uh, (laughs) but, you know, that that, that is a feather in my cap uh, on that one. But, you know, I I need, listen, Chad, I need a confidence boost. I've got all these kids that I've known, that I've been writing about since they were freshmen, since they had no offers. They dropped 10 spots in this, these rankings, and then, you know, they're basically uh, they're basically saying I disrespected them and all that stuff via Twitter. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a rough week for me because these are guys that had relationships for, for a long time. You know, being ranked as the number 110 player in the country is not a sign of disrespect. I'm sorry. So. Yeah, well, you know, when your buddy or someone you quote unquote did up at the camp is thirty spots ahead of you, I mean that's enough for you to go pour hot grease down your back. So you know how it is, man. These teams take this stuff very, very seriously. Guess what? The scene as I say, the film doesn't lie, Chad. It's this is camp season's over. This is uh you know, this is what this is your career. We we've been watching you now for years. We gotta make the call because Five years from now, they're going to say this kid, you know, they're going to come back to me and say, Woody, why was this kid overrated? You don't know what you're doing. Of course. Of course. You know, you're going to be called to the carpet. I, I, You know, I totally get that. You're watching All-Star Practices. Before we let you go, give me one name out of there that everyone needs to know. Oh, baby, Raekwon Davis. Chad, this is the biggest kid I have ever seen that is, you know, a functional football player. We're talking six mm. foot eight. Six foot seven, six eight, three hundred pounds. There's an interview with me and him on Rivals. I've interviewed Robert Kendici on camera. I've interviewed name a player, Cameron Robinson. This dude is bigger than all of them. I mean, he's committed to Alabama right now. I think Mississippi State's also in the mix. It, I would be surprised that by the time we get done with, uh, I believe he's going to the Army game. By the by the time we get done with him, you know, next, you know, next month, everyone's gonna be raving about him when they see this guy in person because he is. Massive. He's like he's like Bigfoot. He's been playing out here in Mississippi. Nobody's seen him, and I think he's going to take the national media by storm uh, by the time it's all said and done here. 
Yeah, I did see a feature story on the kid several months ago. He is a big human being. I was wondering, like, the cameraman that is filming this kid um, must be filming from across the street to get his whole body in this thing. <laughs> this this is a – I feel that. He's definitely a big, big kid. All right, man, well, you enjoy yourself in the beautiful city of Hattiesburg, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you in, in future shows. I don't think I'm doing one in the dead period next week. You know, Stay tuned on that. But um, I know there's a ton of info out there that you're ready to go snap up. Appreciate you coming on. I uh, appreciate it, Chuck. All right. Woody Womack from Rivals.com. From uh, Rivals, we're going to head to 247 Sports. This is the man on the scene. He's like a celeb. Every time I talk to this guy, um, when we're not on the air, he's with some coach or he's hamming it up with some celebrity. I think. Um, did you have to break away from like Kanye West to do this show with me, Mr. Bartow? <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> you know, doing some is, of the stuff. Is Kanye in the background? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be here later. Um, that's one of the perks of living in paradise. But uh, yeah, just trying to uh, get through this whirlwind, covering assistant coaches where they're going. I think it's a great time. In, in, yeah, how's in the that last going? How's that whole circus uh, going for you? Yeah, I mean it's it's good, man. Twenty hour days, but I I'm used to it. It's just you're under the the microscope now uh, more these next six six to eight weeks, like you always are at this time of the year. But I think it's a great time to be a defensive coordinator because six of the top fifteen jobs right now need defensive coordinators. So if you're a guy. Um, like a Randy Shannon or a Jeremy Pruitt or, you know, so on down the list. I mean, you might get – you're in for a big payday on deck here because Michigan, Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, USC, Miami, they all need D.C.s. And so that's thing, definitely a big thing we're watching right now. A couple of other tidbits I've been tracking recruiting-wise, Olu Bitiku, number one recruit in California, set up his official for USC – why is that mm-hmm. important for this weekend? He's early enrollee, and he's from Sarah High School, which, you know, if you're really good, you almost always wind up at USC. That's my crystal ball pick for the number one recruit in California to stay home, not go to Texas A&M, and I figure he'll make that public announcement at the Under Armour All-American game. Another defensive lineman to watch, Dexter Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He's a number two D tackle in the country out of North Carolina. He'll visit NC State, the place he's been to the most, right down the road, officially this weekend. Then he'll announce on Monday he's a heavy lean to pick the Clemson Tigers. Rich kind of get richer on the defensive line with that war daddy. That would be a big time right. get for the Clemson program. And, and, and another guy, I mean, last night I got a call from Amir Rizal, one of the top backs in Florida. He's a Florida State commit, but he's going to uh, visit North Carolina officially in January as well. You as think USC. he sticks with Florida State? I mean, he's kind of been off the radar a little bit. He did make that commitment to Florida State, uh, a yeah. speedy track guy, track kind of speed. But do you see him sticking with the Seminoles? I could see him flipping to North Carolina. I think he's a better track prospect in football, and he's obviously a four-star recruit in football. And, yeah, I agree um, with you on that. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's already on on his second verbal. You know what they say about South Florida kids? You want to get the third one. Uh, poor guys. There. So I think poor North Flo- Carolina. Poor South Florida uh, high school kinda... football players. They get that bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> and they're good enough so they can do that. And you know they're going to visit regardless. So, uh, but um, 
Yeah, I think uh, North Carolina is in good position there. Larry Porter's recruited him really hard the last nine months, and it helps that they have the 11-2 season, too. Yeah, well, we got two defensive, former defensive coordinators that are head coaches in the SEC, and I'm talking about Will Muschamp over at South Carolina and Kirby Smart at Georgia. Both of these guys uh, are going to need to do something offensively. Muschamp's brought on Kurt Roper again. Any idea what Kirby Smart's going to do at that spot on his coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, at first you heard um, the name Pruitt, and I obviously want to Will, but Will got something bigger. So he has um, real good ties with uh, the D.C. at Colorado State and is, um, I think, college one of his college roommates. So uh, Summers, Clayton Summers, I think that's a guy to watch for out there. Um, potentially, maybe Kirby still calls it. Regardless, they're going to run the, the Alabama 3-4 stuff. But um, that's a name to keep in tie for uh, the D.C. job at, at uh, Georgia. If Pruitt doesn't sure. say if Pruitt winds up at Auburn or Michigan or who knows where. Uh, do you think that lands Eason? Ooh, uh, Eason, he's at Washington right now. I think ultimately that's where he goes. If he comes in with the right package in terms of, you know. You think ultimately he goes, and, and goes where, Georgia, you're saying? Yeah, he's at Washington on an official visit right now, and he'll be there tomorrow and then this weekend at Georgia. But, um, I mean, uh, that's where the, the house money's at because of those three, where's, where's the chance where he's going to play the earliest? It's Georgia. Sure, sure. Um, and, well, he's certainly the guy to watch right now. He's that, he's that big name that everyone's looking at. Well, um, that's, a, that's a bit of a surprise, I guess, for some Florida fans, but everyone knows it's, it's Florida or Georgia, and uh, that's, gonna think, I think, going to be the hottest thing. It's not often you've got the number one quarterback in the country coming down to this time of the year with this thing. I mean, is that not rare or what? Yeah, and it, basically what you have is, okay, everybody does their commit in August, but then come December you have a restart because all the coaches move, and you have a restart with the, the most important position and the dominoes because obviously his decision is affecting others because Felipe's in the boat with Florida. He seems pretty solid there. Dwayne Haskins, number two QB, he's going to visit Ohio State this weekend where he grew up liking and he'll probably do – he's not an early enrollee, so he'll probably trip to LSU down the stretch. Ohio State's commit, Tristan Wallace, he's going to be at Oregon this weekend, so you're seeing dominoes for uh, for QBs, and that's usually the first thing we get out of the way early in the process. Sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, listen, man, as always, I appreciate you taking some time out to come on here and talk with us. Say what's up to Kim and Kanye for us. Yes, I will do that uh, <laughs> right when I get off the horn with you. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate yep. it, man, and we'll talk. Take care. All right, Ryan Bartow from 247 Sports coming on here with us and uh, touching touching all over the place, as he's been known to do. Guys, uh, grind, He's out there grinding really, really hard on the trail and uh, sharing some information with us. All right, from uh, 247 Sports, we're going to go to scout.com. And uh, my guy out west, it's Greg Biggins. Uh, man, even knocking down information this week from the island of Hawaii. Uh, this guy's reach is wide. Greg, what's up? What's up? How are you, man? Always got to show some love to uh, to Hawaii out there. That's where my mom's from, so that's kind of like my favorite place in the world. Got to love those guys up a little bit. 
Yeah, man, this guy's crossing the Pacific. You guys on the East Coast, any of y'all willing to jump in the Atlantic to go find some some uh, recruiting news? I mean, my man's covering the ocean out there, so um, appreciate the grind that, you, that you've got going on. Well, Greg, listen, we're coming down to uh, the nitty-gritty. Uh, we're fast approaching it. Most of the high school kids are done with their season, so recruiting takes center stage. Um, it's a big USC UCLA battle out there. I don't know how big it is with USC winning, but um, you know, we need to know what the deal is. What, what's what's the three things we need to know uh, out west right now with us heading towards this dead period? Um, I mean, a couple of things that were pretty big broke today. I, I this morning, I guess the big news and it was kind of upsetting to a lot of UCLA fans was Javon McKinley was supposed to take his official visit this weekend, his fifth and final visit, and UCLA decided to cancel that visit. Uh, the feeling was, or what, at least what they told the family was, you know, they already have a couple of commitments that they would consider uh, in the business silent commitments. Have, haven't committed publicly yet, but they feel good about them. They already have a couple guys committed, and so they're going to go ahead and take a pass on McKinley. For me, I mean, this guy's in a, a pretty elite receiver and the kind of guy that you make room for if he wants to come later. But, you know, obviously, uh, you know, schools always have their, their different evaluations, and I would never – you know, begrudge them for, for feeling differently about a player, but it, it was a pretty big deal. I, I thought you had a good chance with Javon if the visit went well. I talked to him over the weekend after his game, and he was excited to take that trip, but right now I think it bodes well for Notre Dame and Washington. Those are definitely the top two for him. Oregon's hanging around, but Notre Dame and Washington have really prioritized him this whole entire year, and he loved those visits, loved those coaches, and they're both doing a really good job. So, January 9th, Army All-American Bowl. We'll find out what Javon McKinley's going to do. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's a little bit shocking that UCLA did that. Um, I hope those silent commits really might uh, turn out to be, you know, the verbal commits that they want. Sometimes those things can go sour, so we're, you know, they must feel really, really good about that to turn him away. Um, so definitely I mean, some, my, something my, quite interesting. My guess, yeah, I mean, my my guess is silent commitments don't aren't really mean, you know they don't really mean a whole lot. I've seen so many players commit to silently, silently commit to three or four different schools, right? Want to just kind of hold their place and and make sure they're good to go. So uh, I, for me, I, I think it was just a case of they just felt literally like there's other guys that maybe they just liked a little bit better that just kind of fit what they want to do a little bit better. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, obviously the other the other big news. Uh, although while they've been a coup from the Sarah High School, he announced he's going to go ahead and commit at the UA All-American game. I want to say it's January 2nd. He'll be taking an official visit to USC this weekend. And uh, right now everything is pointing toward USC. Uh, so much irony in his recruitment. You know, originally he decommitted from UCLA because he didn't like he fit that scheme as well mm-hmm. as what he wanted to. He was looking, looking for that 4-3. He wants to be a, you know, a come off the edge pass rusher. Uh, USC hasn't hired a DC or a D line coach, so he, uh, you know, uh, apparently either that doesn't mean as much right now scheme fit because I think the school mm-hmm. he's leaning to doesn't have a scheme in place. I think it comes down to sure. just where he feels most comfortable, and you know they got like five or six players from Sarah at USC right now, and it's kind of always been a feeder school into USC. So even though he's he's talking scheme fit, I think at the end of the day. Like it is with most kids, it's going to be coming down to just where he feels the most comfortable, the most at home. And right now, that's USC. And if I think a third thing, uh, I'd say Caleb Kelly watched Notre Dame. is making a nice, strong, late push. I, I guess I can't really say late. Uh, it's still a couple months away from signing day. But he's mm-hmm. going to visit Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, we've always kind of said this is an Oklahoma battle, Oklahoma-Michigan battle. But 
I talked to someone pretty close to his recruitment today who said, you know, Notre Dame's really coming on strong. They've been recruiting the heck out of them. And they're right there in the mix with those other two schools. Like, like I mentioned, he will take this official visit this weekend. And if they're making a strong push without the visit, I think with the visit, if he goes there and gets wowed, as many players do when they go to South Bend, I think Notre Dame definitely has a shot. You know, again, Michigan, Oklahoma doing well. So I'd I see all three of those schools right now probably have the best chance with Caleb Kelly. He's one of our top backers and a top 50 player nationally as well. You've, uh, you know, in many of our conversations that we've had on here, talking about kids on the West Coast, you have uh, mentioned Notre Dame quite a bit. So it looks like they're getting some work done out West. Can you tell me who who's the coach on Notre Dame's staff that's primarily recruiting out West? Yeah, I mean, there's two of them, and, and you can go historically. I mean, Notre Dame's always recruited really heavily out, out West, and you can pretty much pick up a, a – you know, a media guy, and you're always going to find a couple of players from California. So this year, the the main guys, probably Coach Denbrock and, and then Coach Sanford. You know, Sanford's got some great ties out west, and then Denbrock's been their, their main guy out here. He's been grinding. He does a phenomenal job. Kids really like him. Coaches like him. And like I said, the biggest thing to being an effective coach as far as from a recruiting standpoint is just, just being a grinder, being a, just a high-level work ethic. Uh, you know, I, it's funny, I, I've been talking to – you know, some high school coaches who say, you know, Coach Denbrock's been on our campus more so than some of the coaches in our own state, California. So wow. It just kind of goes, goes to show you how, how hard some of these guys really have to work. You know, talking to one of Caleb Kelly's coaches, you know, he said, you know, uh, Mike Stoops, not Bob, Mike Stoops has been on their campus, you know, more wow. than most of the coaches out West Coast. I mean, so some of these guys, you know, they just they just go after it. You know, they you got to be. you got to be aggressive. you got to, you know, you, it's a – the whole idea of recruiting and having to pander to these 17-year-old kids, 17-year-old kids cannot be all that fun. And I can see why some guys just want to say, you know, I'm just going to go to the NFL and not deal with this recruiting stuff. But, you know, some of them really love it. And you can tell the ones that do, they're the ones who work the hardest at it. Well, you know, it must be a really tough thing recruiting out there in California. There's no talent. The weather's terrible. There's no beaches. I mean <laughs> – I'm not saying it's a – and they're paid, they're paid pretty well too, right? So I'm not saying it's a horrible thing. I, I would say the, the the big negative is literally just dealing and, – and you know how it is. Shoot. I mean, some of these 17, 18-year-old kids, I, I can't even Oh, they play games, no doubt. Just, oh, my goodness, play games. And yeah. just, you know, yeah, so that, that part of it, you know, committing and flipping. And then, I mean, signing day, you're going to see guys signing with schools that, you know – one or two schools are going to definitely be thinking, hey, shoot, I thought he was coming here. You know, he told us he was coming here. So just dealing with that and having to, you know, kiss butt to some of these guys that just don't deserve sure. it. You have to do it anyway. It's part of the job. But, no, there definitely is some perks. I'm not going to argue with that. No, you know, I said that tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, there's obviously some perks. But, yeah, that whole thing, dealing with what a kid's going to do and catering to him only to have him go somewhere else, that's enough to make you bald and gray. So, uh, we know that stuff's crazy. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on and keep up the hard work out there, man. We appreciate it. Anytime, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Greg Biggins from Scout.com. A good follow uh, on Twitter at Greg Biggins, B-I-G-G-I-N-S, um, if you want to stay on top of your West Coast recruiting news. Uh, and, again, that's Greg Biggins from Scout.com. Another guy from Scout.com, one of my favorite guys on the uh, reporter scene, is this next guy, Bill Green, who's out there in the Midwest, man, hopefully not shoveling snow or has chains on his tires. or Do they even do that anymore? It's, you could tell how long I've been out of the west, uh, out of the uh, snow in the northeast. How you doing, Bill? Good, man, good, man. Uh, been 
fifties. Fifties and six this weekend's gonna be in the sixties. I will be playing golf Saturday and Sunday in Ohio, so Man, Jeez, holy uh, El, El, holy El Nino. El Nino, what's going on out there? El Nino, man, I hope it, does, I hope it never leaves. So I don't know what's well, going it's on. Dump, it's dumping water on us down here, Bill. So we kind of want them to, yeah. you know, like take off for a little minute. Yeah, now we haven't had anything remotely near snow, so we're enjoying it. All right, well, good for you. Well, listen, uh, the battles on the field are done in the Big Ten. You know, we all know what happened between. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then Ohio State and Michigan. But now, in uh, in your world and in our world, the real battles start, and that's uh, that's the, trying to see who can snap up these teenagers and turn them into the next Joey Bosa's and Ezekiel Elliott's, uh, and 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 you know, and the Rudox and the Jabril Peppers and those guys. And you know, sorry, I left out anyone's name from Michigan State. They're like the stepson yeah. out there. Um, but tell us the big three things we need to know right now in your region of the country as we head towards this Christmas dead period. Well, uh, there's a lot going on with Ohio State right now. Um, they've had a quarterback uh, from Texas, Tristan Wallace, dual mm-hmm. threat. He's been committed, my God, I want to say last April or May, maybe earlier than that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was the one thing they did not need to worry about was quarterback. That was in the hopper. Done. You know, and you heard Biggins before me and Fosco. Right. And, and, you know, it's nuts this year. Like, it always is nuts every year. But we always seem to think, <coughs> excuse me, this year's the nuttiest. But um, Ohio State's quarterback. Until next year it comes along. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer looking like he's going to be in the Ohio State class. He's visiting Oregon this weekend. Ohio State is bringing in Dwayne Haskins for a visit this weekend. Ohio State visited Shea Patterson at IMG the other day. They all, <laughs> excuse me, I am really under the weather, Chad. I'm battling for you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. They offered uh, Tyler Oden, a quarterback who's committed to Louisville. So, you know, that position of stability and solidarity is crazy right now at Ohio State. So that's the one thing that's just totally nuts. And then, well, what's led to know, him backing off of his Ohio State pledge? I think, you know, I, we don't know. We can always speculate. I don't think Ohio State is pushing him out the door. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it, it's it's a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid in uh, the world we live in today. You know, they're not all Quincy Wilsons. Um, yeah. These kids are, you well, know, you know, your kids are different than what, what I deal with here. So I don't know what's caused this, but I know that, you know, a position that was solid is no longer solid. And then, you know, I typically you don't get this. You, yeah, you don't you don't get no. this with quarterbacks, and we're getting it this year. No. I, I hope that's not the trend coming forward. Yeah, who knows? I mean, you know that this game changes. It changes year to year. So I don't know. You know why 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 won't quarterbacks go nuts like everybody else does? You know, you, know, you figure they would. So yeah, they're supposed to be the stability there, Bill. I know, but. It's a different world, Chad. You know, we're, we're getting older and they're getting younger. Um, yeah, no doubt. This, you know, you got this dead period coming up now, and I don't think people realize how the calendars change, too. This weekend, you can take an official visit this weekend, but if you don't take one this weekend and you think, well, I got the rest of the year, I'll get my five in. No, you're not, because the, mm-hmm. the dead period starts on Monday and the calendar changed this year. So when we come back, the contact period opening up January 15th, you're only going to have three weekends. Wow. Excuse me. You have three weekends to take visits, and then you're signing. So these kids, it's not like it was in the past. 
the, the uh, dead period's extended this year. So, you know, all these kids thinking they're going to jam their five visits in uh, in January and into February. It's not going to happen. So that's something to look forward to. There are well, you know, educate educate uh, educate our listeners on this because you know we have some uh, certainly several uh, parents and recruits who may not know exactly what it is that you just said. So, when's this dead period start? When does it the end? Dead, yeah, the dead period starts this coming Monday. So, if you, if a potential student athlete wanted to take an official visit this weekend, fine, no problem. He can go on get on campus Friday or Saturday. He's allowed forty eight hours. So by Sunday at midnight, he's got to be out of there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a dead period starts then on Monday. It doesn't open back up again. We're talking December 15th. It doesn't open back up till January 15th. Okay, wow. so that – and then you've got the week of the 15th and 16th. Then you've got like 22 and 23, then 29 and 30, and then it goes dead again. There's only – you can only get four weekends. Right now, if you, if you decided to start taking your official visits today, there's only four weekends that are open where uh, <clears throat> schools can entertain kids on campus. And I don't think people realize how the calendar flipped this year. Uh, it's a lot more dead period than there has been in the past. Yeah, I think so, some kids are going to get caught by surprise on that. I know um, they are. For sure. I know they are. Yeah, for sure. So they're going to have to cut uh, out that one that one school they weren't really all that serious about. Well, and maybe you're right there. Maybe, you know, excuse me, maybe what it does is just eliminates one less party trip and it forces <laughs> them to concentrate on the real schools that they really care about. Sure. Not the worst thing in the world. No. No. There you so, go. There you go. I want to ask you, how are things down there with Mark Rick? There has to be some excitement. Um, no, this, this, listen, everyone that I've heard, um, has, is very excited about it. They think it's a home run hire. It's a, it's a big name coach who's also accomplished things here. It's not a fly by nighter, uh, you know, not to throw a guy under the bus, but it would, it's not like grabbing a Gene Chizik who kind of was a flash in the pan as a head coach so far. It's a guy who has a solid resume. Oh, by the way, he is uh, a former Kane. So you kind of kill, you know, two birds, with one stone there. So everyone seems to be very excited about it. And on top of that, as everyone knows, Mark Richt is a very solid stand-up individual. So um, you get a lot of good things there with Mark Richt. And, you know, according to the university, uh, they're getting a lot of calls for uh, tickets, which is uh, the major plus because we watched a really empty stadium this year. So everyone seems to be pretty happy about the uh, Mark Richt hire. And the big thing is just getting some heinies in the seat uh, at Sun Life Stadium, which is on its way to being renamed, you know, Sundead Stadium. So, um, well, I, you can I thought it was a, cheer that. I thought it good. was a total home run. I mean, when you rank college football coaches, you know, you're going to go with Saban one, uh, Urban Meyer probably two, and then after that, I mean, you know, Mark Rick's in the conversation. I always thought. I thought Florida, I thought Georgia was crazy to let him get away. <laughs> sure. To go get an unproven, yeah, sure. To go get an unproven assistant. So I thought it was a a home run with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth of the World Series. To get Mark Rick, yeah, and I, and I am excited yeah. to see what he can do. Yeah, well, you, you and I both, and uh, a ton of other people uh, piled in there behind us, you know, peering over the fence to see if uh, things can get done. It won't be easy, uh, but definitely got a, a good man there, and we'll, we're all anxious to see what he can get done uh, first on the right. recruiting trail, and then you know, on the field 
next fall for the University of Miami. Well, listen, man, go take some NyQuil, knock yourself yeah. out, and uh, get yourself ready, man. Will do. And, hey, I will see you uh, in uh, January. I'm going to be down for a couple weeks and uh, look forward to seeing you. Yes, definitely, as always. Appreciate you coming on, Bill. All right, Chad, anytime. All right, that's Bill Green from Scout.com talking about recruiting out there in the Midwest and also shedding some uh, information there for folks who did not know it uh, we're not aware about it in terms of the dead period. It's coming up here on December 15th. It's going to extend itself all the way out to January 15th. So if you don't get uh, a trip in this weekend, you will not be taking five visits, uh, official visits, uh, you know, 2016 recruits. So um, do be aware of that fact. You're not going to be able to uh, slide five in there. So you're going to have to get serious after this dead period's over about what schools you're actually considering. All right, and uh, last but certainly not least on the roundtable tonight is my next guest, and that is Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com, here to talk some University of Miami recruiting and uh, some stuff down south. Rob, what's going on? Rob Cassidy. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm uh, right there with you, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Just living life. And- <laughs> yeah, having a having a little trouble right here, man. But um, listen, it's 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 all about the U here. Mark Richt, a home run hire. Everyone agrees with that um, by and large, and you know, seems like recruits like it. Seems like alumni like it. Um, what's that mean, though, in on the recruiting trail? Have we seen any real? Um, solid effects of his hiring. Yeah, I mean, I think you will. Uh, nothing solid yet as far as, you know, commitments go. But, you know, the first important thing there was really rec- re-recruiting the guys that they had in the fold already and wanted to keep in the fold and hiring a guy like Rick, who has the, uh, you know, the name and the splash when he comes in there and obviously the ties to Miami as well. Uh, I think really did that without him having to do really a lot of work. His name itself kind of did a lot of that work, I think. Uh, and then you've got other mm-hmm. kids that are committed elsewhere, maybe to Georgia. You've got a Malik Young that's got to be looking at Miami now. Uh, you know, he's he's right there in the backyard and, uh, you know, had that relationship with Rick when Rick was at Georgia and is committed to Georgia currently. I think you'll see him take a hard look at Miami uh, now that Rick's there, you know, among a bunch of other kids probably in the area too that we just have not seen the effects yet. Sure. Um, one of the effects that I think was intriguing to people uh, that I heard talk, talked about early on when Rick was hired was the fact that uh, they might have a shot at the number one quarterback in the country, Jacob Eason, because uh, he was kind of on his way to Georgia before Mark Richt was uh, released. So what's the latest on him possibly being in this class for the University of Miami? Is that a possibility? Uh-huh. You know, I won't ever say anything's impossible in recruiting because nothing is ever impossible. And you know as well as I do that it could shock you every day. But, sure. you know, with him being an early enrollee and him already taking a hard look at Florida and in the fold at Georgia, it's going to be mighty hard for Miami to get in there, I think, and, and kind of grab him. I think that Georgia and Florida are the two likely landing spots uh, for Eason. Um, more than likely, you know, seems like Florida right now, even though he is committed to Georgia. That sentence mm-hmm. only works in recruiting. <laughs> by, by the yeah, way. sure. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think I don't. I can't see him ending up in Miami at this juncture. Yeah, it'd be a little tough to veer off the path and and jump down that road. I think you know if you're an, especially if you're an early enrollee and you're a quarterback, you kind of yeah. 
got to pare it down. When does he exactly need to make that decision now because he's in an, an early enrollee? What's his timetable well, get, like? Well, the dead period's coming up here. So, I mean, you think he's got to make this decision within the next two weeks. I mean, he wants to be graduated in two weeks and, or three and, you know, be ready and on campus. So, I mean, this thing is this thing's getting on the crunch time for Jacob Eason. Players like him, you know? Yeah, uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, and it's, you know, I was talking about this with, with Bill Green. This is unusual that we have, you know, these number of 2016 senior quarterbacks in limbo about where they're going to be. Usually in the past, those things were sewed up and it was a foregone conclusion. But it seems now like yeah, quarterbacks are getting into the crazy mix. Byproduct. Yeah, well, it's a byproduct of all the big jobs, I think, that came open and closed. Like, it's a little bit of a different year in the Southeast, especially with the success that McElwain had right away at Florida and the Miami mm-hmm. job coming open and the Georgia job coming open and all of this happening. It created this, like, perfect storm of quarterback chaos. <laughs> and that's Sure. Could you imagine if uh, Les Miles would have been let go over there at LSU? That would have further complicated things. Yeah, you know, it might have just started like a, uh, you know, some kind of turnstile of quarterbacks flopping classes. Yeah, I, I mean, because you have to think. I think the, the 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 popular thought here is that if Miles left, that meant Jimbo Fisher was going to be going there. And if Jimbo Fisher goes there, what does Malik Henry do? And oh, this thing could have gotten really, really crazy. <laughs> Crazier than it is now, even though. Oh yeah, uh, crazy on top of crazy. So tell us some other things we need to know going into this dead period coming up. You know, I've got so much stuff on my mind out here, being in Hattiesburg right now for the Alabama Mississippi game. I've been kind of. Mm-hmm you know, focusing on these players, obviously. So, I mean, there's a lot going on here. I mean, some stuff that, you know, involves schools down there in Florida, too, and and in the Southeast. It's going to be interesting to see what Ben Davis does. A lot of these kids are listing Georgia as their favorites now before, you know, they were thought to be kind of afterthoughts for Alabama. I'm real interested to see what linebacker Ben Davis does, the five-star. I think Georgia is in play now uh, with the new staff there. So, you know, I'm watching him and some other kids here as well. Yeah, uh, who's who's catching your eye in these practices? Manny, I heard Woody on a little bit ago. He's sitting next to me here, and I agree with him. You know, Raekwon Davis is – I mean, he looked where he passes the eye test. I mean, he looks like that kind of player. I mean, that kid is just massive. And, you know, there have been some, some lower-ranked players, too, that I think have been very good out here. Uh, there's a Cal commit, a wide receiver, Jordan Duncan, that's going to go from Mississippi to Cal that – you know, if maybe he was two inches taller, would be you know, way up in the rivals to 50. But he's a little short. Uh, he's incredibly explosive and it has really been having a really good week here i think sure sure um what do you typically get in this i don't know if this is your first time covering it but um when you know you're a guy that's been down in south florida been in the florida area so you know what you're looking at compare the talent in a game like this that you you know that you see at practice to uh what you what you get down here in south florida well some minds would like to know at the top level it's not that much of a, a blowout. I mean, you got guys out here like mm-hmm. the Mac Wilson and the Ben Davis. It's, it's mm-hmm. when you get at that second level where I think South Florida kind of pulls away. I mean, there's just so much more of it there. It's not so much the talent level. It's just that the talent, you know, quantity of that level. There aren't there aren't 20 guys in this game that, that are going to be, you know, stars at the next level, 20 guys in this game that really are campus dudes. You get down in my neighborhood and down there in South Florida, and you, you can find these guys a lot, lot more readily, I think. So I think it's it's more of that second-level talent where Florida really has the advantage. But, you know, there are some guys in Alabama and Mississippi, like we're seeing at the top anyway, that can, that can play you know, with any of the top talent in Florida. 
Yeah, um, and I think usually if you sit, if, if you talk about some of the other top places, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just yeah, there, there's some talent. I found that out out west. You've got talent. It's just when you start digging into the layers, it's when um, you know Florida's probably over some of the others. Uh, you know, this was thrown out there during the broadcast tonight. Benjamin Victor possibly being back. Uh, in 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 the race with Florida, uh, what, what can you tell me about that? You know anything about that? What's the latest on Benjamin Victor? Man, he's been, you know, at, at first I kind of thought that he was going to head that way, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know he he seemed more like an Ohio State lean. Uh, he was going to commit to Florida the first time. He set that announcement date. And he's pretty upfront about it when he talks about it now that he was you know prepared to commit to Florida. Ohio State made a push on him. He pulled back. Uh, the announcement date, obviously, and now it seems that, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard that they've moved in a little bit, and I don't know that they lead right now. I think Ohio State may still be the team to beat, but, you know, they mm-hmm. definitely get a shot. And, you know, there's a lot of momentum going there in Gainesville, and momentum is a serious thing in recruiting. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you, you've got the new coach comes in, he gets a double-digit win season, and then now you're talking about getting a number of the top quarterbacks um, that certainly is going to, you know, give you a little bit of a, you know, some wind behind your your back there. So it's time for them to, you know, really, what do you take advantage of that? So uh, that's what I think the University of Miami is going to be looking to do. You've got the big news coming your way with the hire with Mark Richt. That's some wind behind your back there in your sales. So um, I'm interested to see what kind of big moves they can make. But we're two, three days out from from the dead period. Yeah. It, 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 Everything might break loose here in the next two days, and then after this dead period, I have—I mean, I'm real interested to see. Once this dead period hits, and these coaches start hiring assistants, it's going to get mighty messy. Depending on who gets hired and who's leaving, what job to go where, and who's going to follow what assistants where, we may have another layer of this craziness still to come, Chad. Oh, I, you know, I—I I thought the whole hiring of uh, assistants and coordinators was going to be the real, real crazy part because, you know, we can kind of get some pretty good information on on rumors and kind of put together a pretty good idea of who will get a head job. It's that coordinator stuff that becomes pretty unpredictable, and then assistants start moving, and then you've got a whole big mess going on that's you know I'm I'm pretty sure is going to get messier. Now the last time we had a dead period, um, all kind of stuff went on. I mean, I, it was the liveliest dead period I've ever heard of in my life. Now, <laughs> you know, I know the Christmas dead period is the deadest of them all, but I do, do you discount that any serious moves could be made here between December 15th and January 15th? No, you know, not at all. Not after last year. It's not like we'll be uh, witnessing something we've never seen before. It's, sure. It's just, uh, I mean, it would just be, you know, at this point in this juncture in recruiting, it's just like another feather in the hat. You know, I almost expect it. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how, you know, if I die, that's the way I want to go out, like how these dead periods are. Um, really <laughs> yeah. lively. It's almost like I didn't die at all. So uh, there you have it. Well, listen, man, uh, I know you're out there. Um, enjoying, are you enjoying Mississippi as much as your compadre, Mr. Woody, is? I mean, I'm enjoying Mississippi as much as one can enjoy Mississippi, man. <laughs> oh man hey all of you mississippi listeners please tune out right now but i'm um, sure man you're only a good amount of bourbon away from enjoying it immensely so please Absolutely. do that keep woody out of trouble and have bail money ready i'll do my best thanks chad 
All right, Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com joining us here on the show. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, I'm going to have Ken Mastroli, quarterback guru, trainer to the stars, and uh, very good at what he does. He'll be on with me to talk about some of the top prospects that are out there in the country, including quarterbacks that are on the list for the Florida Gators, the Florida State Seminoles, and the University of Miami. So you certainly don't want to miss that. What's the quarterback guru think of some of these top guys that we have out there? So stay with us. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Stud Show nine thirteen. I said that like I wasn't sure. Nevertheless, nine thirteen. Let me get my act together out here on the East Coast. Coming up really quick here, we're gonna have Ken Mastroli. Was playing with the music back there. Gonna have Ken Mastroli with me here. Uh, one of the top quarterback trainers in the country has uh, done some work with some of the top guys out there. EJ Manuel, uh, Sean White. Uh, many, many other guys out there that he, he's uh, done some work with. You know, I can't even come up with the list. I'm not going to make him list them, but uh, many of the top quarterbacks out there has got a couple of Elite 11 winners uh, on his resume. And uh, he'll be on to talk with us about some of uh, your top 2016 quarterbacks, what he's seeing out of them there. So that'll be certainly, certainly will be interesting. Find out some. 
some uh, good stuff here uh, with the guys on the recru- recruiting roundtable, the reporters that we had on tonight. Uh, Jacob Eason seems to be the big story as you you know go from guy to guy. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, you've got the head coaching carousel kind of coming to an end. You know, we're we're getting a guy, we're getting a name in each one of these places, but doesn't mean that it's all over. You got to hire some coordinators, you got to hire some assistants, and that often means these guys are going to be leaving other universities to head to other places. And when that happens, so go the relationships that they have established with some of your top recruits in the country. And I've got to agree with Rob Cassidy that you know uh, things are going to get crazier in this process this might end up being one of the craziest recruiting cycles that we've seen perhaps ever due in large part because this is perhaps the craziest head coach situation that i think we've ever had never seen so many coaches lose or leave jobs in the middle of the season as we've had and so you know like i said these kids as much as you tell them to pick a school they do get uh wrapped up with the coaches. I mean, that's how anything goes. You're selling anything, you're buying anything, it involves you trusting an individual. It involves you trusting a person. So, um as much as we would like kids just to pick an institution, the truth of the matter is is large due in large part to the personal relationships that they establish with these coaches. They come up with their decisions, and if these guys are moving, as a lot of them are, we can expect the recruits to be moving quite a bit as well. So you folks that like this recruiting drama and following the uh, the, the moves back and forth and the tidal waves and uh, secret information and the backroom deals, you're going to get a face full of that coming up here in this recruiting cycle. Uh, I mean, there's some pretty good stuff that goes on, you have to admit. Uh, I mean, there's some nice drama going on. I mean, last year you had guys showing up on official visits in hoodies, um, you know, trying to be hidden because they were committed somewhere else and they're trying to sneak in a visit and not have anyone know, as if that could even happen in this day and age of social media and bloggers. Um, Listen, you're going to have to do a little bit better than a hoodie. You're going to have to show up there in uh, some kind of mask, maybe, how about that? How about guys start taking trips with masks on? You're showing up there with a with a hockey mask or, you know, one of them Jason mask or you know, what's that one movie with the with the famous mask? It'll come to me. But uh yeah, I think you're gonna have to you know, the hoodie ain't gonna get it done. Too many guys, too many places, even the common students that you're gonna walk by on a campus or people that see you in a restaurant are gonna hit the social media and put it out there. So forget the whole hoodie thing. That it's not going to work. That did happen too, though. By the way, um, but I, you know, I'm interested in seeing what kind of tricks recruits and coaches have up their sleeve in this recruiting cycle. So, if you love all that recruiting stuff, strap it up, strap on. Um, it's going to be a wild, wild ride. And we're it, listen. We're going to be detailing that stuff here on the recruiting roundtable every Wednesday. These shows are going to get even more and more interesting. They've been fun so far. And by the numbers, I could see a ton of you are listening and you're enjoying it. You're going to have so much fun. And I'm going to tell you what, for all of y'all listening right now, I have a uh, – this is not just some weak teaser. I'm going to have a special announcement for a lot of you out there next Wednesday on the Recruiting Roundtable Show. You're not going to want to miss that, okay? There will be a special announcement Next Wednesday on the Recruiting Roundtable show, that's no joke. Put that in your calendar. Special announcement coming up next week. That is uh, December 16th 
on the Recruiting Roundtable show next Wednesday. Again, put that in your iPad. So you're definitely going to want to hear that. And you're also definitely going to want to hear my next guest. Um, He is, I don't know if he likes this word. I have a feeling he doesn't. But he's a quarterback guru. I mean, what else can I say? He's trained guys. Uh, I've personally seen him at work. Um, you know, training these guys, and then we've a lot of us have seen his work after the fact, as uh, he's put a lot of good product out there in the field. And that guest is Ken Mastroli from Mastroli Passing. Ken, how you doing? How's that intro? I'm good. I love it. I love it. All over there, it. There you go, man. I put you in the chariot, my friend. Um, I see someone that. should be I feeding your that. grapes right now. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. All the craze is uh, right now in recruiting is what's going on with with the quarterbacks. You know, you guys get all the all the glory and all the attention and all that, and rightfully so. Um, you know, we it's everything's the quarterback gets all the blame, they get all the glory. So right now, that's the hot position right now. As you know, Jacob Eason is uh, the number one quarterback in the country. Folks are trying to figure out what he's going to do. Tell us from uh, a quarterback trainer perspective what you see uh, out of Jacob Eason the number one quarterback in the country he's obviously a big kid he's got a strong arm so the first thing that probably 90 percent of your population look at is the kid meets the eye test I mean he walks in the door and you say wow there's a quarterback there's a kid that's you know stout looking and then you turn on the film and obviously you see that in any highlights with any kids uh, all the positive plays uh, you know somewhat quick release and you know, gets the ball out and has been somewhat, you know, overall successful at the high school career that he's had, and he also has the pedigree of playing, you know, or as a as a son of a father that played, you know, quarterback position. So you know that the the mental kind of the mental angle is there, or he's probably been been you know processed, or he's processing information sure. a little bit quicker. He's probably you know in the home and they're talking about football, so he's around it constantly. So the interesting part to me is always going to be how the kid. Uh, falls in in, to, in terms of a college situation, whether it be an SEC school, uh, you know, if he if he does end up obviously decommitted, but if he ends up going to a Florida or he goes to an SEC school, uh, I think mm-hmm. only time will tell. Will he fit the system? He seems like he's probably a good fit for a Doug Nussmeyer type of system. If you can get a quarterback that can execute with the running game that they have and a stout defense, I just think the biggest thing is they, they've got to get balls to the receivers accurately and on time be able to move the pocket a little bit, but to rely on that, that NFL class defense and then have a, a stellar run game, just somewhat of like maybe the, a little bit of what, what SEC football is kind of about is, is playing tough defense, but you know, you, you do run into some explosive offenses as well. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's what Florida is definitely looking for right now. Uh, trying to get some production on that side of the football. Georgia is as well. Uh, you know, they kind of they kind of got a little stale on offense as we came down to the wire here. A lot of that had to do with losing losing some guys there on offense and losing Nick Chubb and and uh, a lot being put on the shoulders of Sony Michelle, who you know kind of handled it well. But they were struggling at the quarterback position. Well, uh, Florida is also in the race with for Felipe Franks, who is committed to them. Uh, but he's a guy that was kind of with LSU, and um, you know he's with Florida, and LSU is kind of still in the race. But in looking at Felipe Franks, what what do you see out of this guy? He's another tall signal caller. Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting dynamic. Too. Let's just go back to like when I was recruited out in 1995, and I'm sure when you played college football, you know, it seemed like the trend was most coaches or colleges would take two quarterbacks in a class, and that wasn't the that was kind of the norm, and. 
one of those two guys were going to develop. One of them would maybe redshirt or, or potentially play, but it was just a process where you're going to play a lot of times, you know, two to three years down the line. Now that it's such a, it's, it's so it's speedy where they need to get you on the field quickly or else the coach has, you know, the opportunity to, that's what the fans want. That's what the, you know, the social media wants. So with these two quarterbacks, it's interesting. You know, I've watched film on both guys. Obviously, you only get to see so much in terms right. of um, shirt and shorts camps and then obviously the highlight films that they've done. I mean, he's he's definitely improved over the years, and he's a mm-hmm. big kid. He's an intriguing prospect. I think he's a very well-spoken kid. So you really want to know what's between what's between the ears. How's he going to be able to process and only go right down the street, which is probably a little bit more of a comfort level than coming all the way across the country but I think it's a, it's just an interesting deal with, with I hope they don't lose them both because of the delicacy and, and how quarterbacks fra- can be fragile at times with another guy coming in and wanting to right. compete with another top guy. So it may scare them both off. So I think they have to be a little bit careful with that. But from what I've seen from Felipe Franks, he's got a nice arm. Obviously, he's got the size and the mobility to get you out of trouble. Maybe a little bit of a similar prospect to – and Eason, uh, maybe a little bit longer motion, but they definitely both can put the ball and stretch the ball downfield and uh, certainly have, obviously, the physical characteristics to build on in a college system like the one that they're running, particularly at Florida. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the local school down here that just had a big hire in Mark Richt. Um, as you know, Jack Allison's been in the fold here for the University of Miami for quite some time. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of talk of maybe Eason might want to follow Rick. But let's talk about Jack Allison, a guy who doesn't really get a whole lot of attention right now. Uh, tell us what you see in, in that guy, and what's he going to bring to the table at the University of Miami? Yeah, I've seen him just on kind of some of the game film. And, you know, he's on kind of a sleepy side of the coast where he's playing good football, but they are – I think he's a kid that's – got a lot of room and a lot of potential for development uh kind of a skinny kid right now but obviously he'll be able to put on weight and get into the into the strength and conditioning program once he steps foot on onto Miami but he's a kid that shows that he can make the throws uh he's got a quick release for his size seems like a savvy quarterback and um you know I don't I don't follow too much I try to get in a little bit with guys and seeing what they're doing social medias and understanding that they're only kids but it seems like he has a good head on his shoulders and he's been steadily productive so um, you know I'm interested to see I think a year kind of playing under the system for one or two years and pushing potentially pushing Brad Kaya with you know whatever type of system that they're going to run at the University of Miami will be an interesting thing Uh, I mean I think competition is obviously going to be good for Kaya because I don't think he's had that too much the last two years but uh, it may be a good opportunity for him to learn and to be one of the about one of the better quarterback kind of coaches and developers and Mark Rick and how much he's going to be hands-on with him or the staff that he's going to assemble that's going to allow that. But I think right now is a good time for a quarterback to come into the system, and um, he seems like maybe the perfect fit for that for that UM type of prototypical type of quarterback. The old Ken Dorsey days are the larger type of quarterbacks that they've had in the past. Sure. With that said, um, you know, there's a lot of debate and, you know, was, you know, when they were sitting out there wondering about who would be the next coach at the University of Miami, there were a lot of debates about what kind of offense should be run here. Should it be pro style? Should it be a spread? Uh, should you try and tap into the athleticism that you have down here at in South Florida and get yourself an athletic quarterback and, you know, run some type of uh, zone read like they do, like uh, Rich Rod does? In your opinion, 
what do you what what's what do you think's the best thing uh for the University of Miami to be running an offense? I think Miami obviously people say, Well, we've got to capitalize on our speed. We've got the players to put them in position. But I'm a big eleven personnel type of guy, one tight end, one back. I think you mm-hmm. the key, I think when you multiple personnel, I think college football has evolved so much that it has become more of a chess game. That you do have excellent players, but I do I do like the, the systems like Alabama runs where they can be multiple. I think those have always shown to be best. I mean, look at the New England Patriots type of offense. They're a multiple style of offense. They have different key characters within that offense where they plug and play guys properly. And I think if you get guys like if you know University of Miami is able to hold on to a, a Sam Bruce and bring him into to you and other receivers that they've had and and have and, and just seeing at their pro day last year and going through that and seeing the number of athletes that they've had at tight end and the receiver position and the running backs, I think if you just you're able to balance that out, you can still be explosive. But I do love the the fact of like not so much the Stanford style, but Look, at the end of the day, you throw the ball all over the map. If your quarterback's off, the, the percentages go down if you throw the ball too much. There's too much involved. So I do think mm-hmm. you need a little bit more run and balance. But I like a team, and I'd like to see a team that's a little bit grittier in terms of in the trenches, more physical football, because I think Miami can do that, and then they can definitely use their speed to exploit teams. But I would like to see a little bit more of that physical nature involved, somewhat sure. like Michigan's done this year. Yeah, I think I think you know after the last few years, anything physical would uh, excite the University of Miami fans right now. So uh, you know, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, let's talk about Florida State's guy Malik Henry. He was you know the big talk in the summertime. He was transferring to IMG, then suddenly he wasn't at IMG anymore. Um, but as a prospect on the field, from your quarterback coaching eyes, what do you see in uh, Malik Henry? Yeah, I mean he's a dynamic player, obviously. With quarterback position, you're always going to worry about how's his leadership, what happened exactly, and why did he transfer back? Um, but in terms of watching him on film, he's not a he's he's a smaller guy somewhat in terms of stature, but uh, he definitely has a quick release. He's very athletic, get himself out of type of plays. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like an Everett Golson type for what they had this year, but a little bit bigger uh, potentially and. I'm interested to see kind of how he evolves. Like I said, uh, he brings that opportunity of if the pocket breaks down with the guy they have right now with McGuire is going to stand back there and just, just look like he's going to sling it for the fences in the home run. I think mm-hmm. they need a guy that obviously can deliver the ball on time and be able to move the pocket but make good decisions and be accurate. And it looks like from his tape, overall, he shows that he's pretty accurate you know, as a quarterback, but it's going to be interesting to see when they start to play the Floridas of the world and some of the faster teams, how he'll continually adapt. But I do think he brings the element of kind of a run-pass option that uh, that they're going to definitely need. Sure, sure. Ken Mishkoli joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, what's, the, what's, what's the guy that excites you the most in this 2016 class? Sorry if that puts you on the spot. I guess, you know, that's my job to do that here. But who's the guy that really, really excites you in this current 2016 class? Well, obviously, I'm a big fan of Tyler Huntley down here. I think he's an underrated guy, and not just because he's a guy that I work with, but I think uh, Utah's getting a heck of a quarterback. I'm really excited about what he's going to do. I think he's from just a number of people that have said he's such a competitive person and he's got a great head on his shoulders, uh, I think he's just 
an exceptional player. Obviously, one of the players has been nationally recognized, and I think people have noticed, was Shea Patterson out of uh, IMG and then was originally from, uh, I think it was Louisiana. But I've watched some tape on him. He's, he's a dynamic player. He's a, he's a bit of a little bit of a gunslinger, but I think he fits that Ole Miss offense. And that opportunity to potentially play as well with Chad Kelly being the starter right now, I think he's a guy that could come in there and play three, four years uh, and really be an explosive player for their offense and, and get a guy in there, not a transfer, but somebody that can really learn the system and evolve mm-hmm. with the number of players and the way that their recruiting's gone. Sure, sure. Um, and, yeah, he's he's someone uh, that I went up against this year and saw him live and in person. He had a hard time against us. We were able to get a lot of pressure on him, but he did get himself out of trouble quite a bit. Um, it was athletic, could throw the ball down the field. So, uh, you know, I was I was impressed by the young man, I, if I must say so myself. Let's turn a little bit to the college football game because this is where all these guys are going. And uh, there's a guy from South Florida that has just absolutely uh, torn it up at Western Kentucky, has put up crazy numbers. Um, I don't I don't know what kind of chance he's going to get in the NFL, but give me your thoughts on Brandon Doughty. I like him. I think Brandon's really – really evolved as a quarterback. I think this offseason, you know, he's been in a tough situation. you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, anybody that plays for, for Bobby Petrino, that's that's not an easy that's not an easy way to play, I think. Um, I think he was a little very overlooked in high school, obviously. And um, I think he's exceptional. I, I do think that, uh, that I know teams are acquiring a lot about him in terms of the psychological side, in terms of is he going to fit a pro style of system because he's been in such a great system. But you know, I tried to watch a couple of games this year live and also on TV. I just think he's a smart quarterback. He understands fronts. He understands coverages. I think he really gets to his second and third reads well. Obviously, in the spread style of offense or shotgun style of offenses, it's get the ball out quickly to your playmakers and distribute it fast. But I saw with Brandon, he's, he has the ability to stretch the ball, not only on the outside to the numbers, but it's that part that makes a quarterback, which is in between the hashes. Can you make those throws in tight windows under pressure? And I think that's what really stands out when you're looking at quarterbacks. How quickly you can get to two to three or even four in their progression, and do they have the ability inside the hash marks to be able to make tight window throws because that's where the majority of the defense stacks up. You've got to be able to see those windows quickly and produce accurate throws. Yeah, absolutely. A number of these 2016 guys envisioned themselves as being uh, guys who can go in there and be starters from day one. I think all of these, all of the uh, recruits think in that fashion. And uh, let's talk about a guy who did actually go out and achieve that. And that was Josh Rosen out there at UCLA. From what you've been able to see, how did the youngster handle uh, all the pressure of being a freshman starter at a place like UCLA? I like him. He's um he's a he's got an edge to him. He's an edgy kind of kid, so he's like almost that arrogance of cockiness, but kind of maturity and respect. Uh, looked like a kid that you know I, I kind of followed his story a little bit. And believe it or not, yes, people say hey, he played tennis before, and if you know anything about tennis, it's definitely you can be the lonely man out there. And a lot goes sure. on in terms of a mental game. It's like golf. And you've got to be really dialed in in terms of the ups and the downs and the breaks that happen and the conditioning mentally, I think, is one of the most important things. But he's been exceptional this year, obviously, for a freshman. I mean, to be put into a situation in a kind of starstruck type of city and a team with so much tradition, uh, I've watched 
many of his games this year, and he's just what's really impressive about him is he's always balanced, he's always poised for the most part, and he's able to make throws accurately with anticipation, but especially what I call the flinch factor. There's a player around him, whether grabbing on his jersey or scraping his face mask or even going to initiate the hit, he's able to see through the rush and deliver the football on time with anticipation and not get rattled. And that's been one of the most impressive things. He's just been a good leader for a freshman quarterback for the Bruins. Yeah, certainly someone for these young guys to, um, you know, model themselves after, after take take a page out of his book. Well, you know, the NFL is what where these guys want to get. There have been a number of guys who are going to be coming out and they'll be the, you know, the ones – Trying to get on with an NFL team, we heard Jeff Goff early on in in, in the season. Uh, then there's Connor Cook, and then this giant Paxton Lynch uh, is running around doing things that you're not supposed to do in a body that size, six foot seven. Of the guys that are out there, who who do you who who would be Ken Mastroli's number one draft pick? It's tough to say right now. I mean, I've watched several of these guys. They're all kind of worthy of of definitely being up up there in the first round. It's it's a tough class. I, I think there's, you know, nobody says, hey, you don't have a surefire Andrew Luck, but I think there's a lot of quality with those quarterbacks. I really can't answer that right now, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd have to go back and start to watch these guys. I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting to the Senior Bowl and to getting to the East-West Shrine game and seeing these guys and going to the NFL Combine this year and watching these guys throw live. And obviously, I'm not going to take away and say that guy's a first-round pick based on his performance there, but just to be able to go back and watch film. But all those guys have really, you know, we've talked about tonight, have been impressive. They've thrown up unbelievable amounts of yards, wins in tough situations. So it's tough to put a number one guy out there right now. Sure. Well, well, you know, with the time, a little bit of time that we've got left, let's talk about a guy that I find to be the most intriguing, and it is Paxton Lynch at six foot seven, who's shown a tremendous amount of athleticism, and he's uh, done great things for a school that's not really on the – uh, big time stage in, in, in a Memphis. What do you see in that guy, and can what he's done in college football translate to the NFL? Yeah, I think he's a, just obviously he's got the he's got the build, he's got the size. He's been very productive. He uh, he has a nice touch and a nice feel for the game. They obviously threw the ball around a lot this year. Uh, I think one of the wins that really opened the eyes for a lot of scouts, a lot of general managers, and a lot of just the general public was that win that he pulled off against Ole Miss where he was able to put the ball all over the place and they score a lot of points and give a lot of credit to Justin Fuente, uh, his, his former head coach that uh, is a, is a former quarterback and probably did an excellent job in terms of the system. But that kid coming from Florida down here, I remember him at the elite 11. He, uh, he was totally overlooked when the, when the, uh, the lights were on everyone else. He was actually hurt his senior year, but, quarterback from a small town in Deltona, Florida. Um, he's been impressive this year. There's no doubt. He, he's, he's gotten the ball out. He, um, he has the physical intangibles. And, and that's the thing to, at, the, uh, at the NFL level. These guys fall in love so much with the physical measurables that they tend to overlook what the production level's been like, the completion percentage. They look at more upside and feeling where it's like, hey, are you a proven winner? Have you played year in and year out and been accurate with the football? And how are you? And, you know, I want to know how these guys are in adverse situations. Yeah, great year. But um, I think overall he's got a good head on his shoulders, too. So I think he's probably going to be a good pro for anybody that drafts him. There's not a lot of drama there, it looks like. 
Yeah, and that's you know you did touch on a point there where I think they get hung up a lot in the in the measurables and the potential and uh, the height, weight, and all that, and you know kind of overlook the fact. Well, does this guy win? Uh, you know, there's something to be said for that, and it's not always just that you've got all this talent around you. Sometimes you could have all that talent and lose. Uh, there's something to to say for a guy who can corral all that and turn it into to winning and, and winning championships and winning a lot of football games. So uh, the the guy has all that wrapped in there. So you gotta you gotta love him, man. Well, I know this is a busy time of year coming up for you. You're gonna be getting some guys ready for the draft. You're gonna get some guys ready for camps and all that. So appreciate you taking time out of the super busy schedule to come talk to us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Anytime I'm going to be put up on the chariot, said grapes. Oh, yeah. We about it, so. Yes, don't get drunk off of the grapes there, Mr. Mastroli. <laughs> appreciate right, you coming good. on, I man. I appreciate you having me on. All right. All right. Take care. No problem. All right. Ken Mastroli from Mastroli Passing, quarterback, guru, trainer, all that. Uh, I don't think there's a better guy down here doing that and uh, one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. Super, super good at what he does. Taking a quick break. When I get back, open phone lines for any of you that want to use them. You want to ask a question about recruiting. You have a comment about recruiting. Uh, we're here. You can do that. 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. We'll be back with the final segment of tonight's Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Con los Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.
Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper soul at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. Taliban. Taliban. Yeah. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. Them boys up to something. They just not just bluffing. You don't have to call. I hear my dad. All right. We're back here for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show. Recruiting Roundtable Edition, Episode 7. I appreciate everyone tuning in to the show tonight. It has gotten wildly popular, and I uh, appreciate you guys spreading the word. Those of you pubbing it on social media, I appreciate you as well. Try to do the best that I can with here. Uh, we're headed for some serious drama, folks. I just want to let you all know that. Serious, serious drama in this year's recruiting. I uh, expect it to be fully crazy. Last year was exceptionally crazy. This will get uh, even more out there. Coaches are moving around. Players are going to be moving around. And uh, like I said in the opening, it's going to be difficult to get uh, just normal commitments. Someone's got to top whatever was done, you know, last year and the years before. We had a baby alligator pulled out last year. Someone's going to bring an elephant on there if they're committing to Alabama. Got to do the elephant thing. Before I die, I want that. I want an elephant, full-out elephant, dragged into the gym and uh, say someone – Someone jump out and say, roll tide. Nevertheless, uh, it's not going to be crazy for everyone. You've got guys out there in the 2016 class that really aren't getting a whole lot of action right now in terms of recruiting. So, uh, you know, it's a nervous time for you guys. Um, And, you know, you do need to pay some close and special attention to what's going on in your recruiting. You do need to get some information out to coaches. Um, It You know, the best thing you could do in recruiting is be honest about your talent level and where you could play. And I know I've said this before on the show, but don't be the five foot eleven defensive end thinking you're going Division One. It's going to be a tough road to hoe. 
And, you know, if you do get yourself in the door in a Division One school, you can expect that every year they're going to be recruiting above you, over your head. They're going to be trying to get the six foot three, six foot four guy. And just being quite honest, those guys are going to get more opportunities than you. That's just those are just the facts of life. However, if you're five foot eleven, you're defensive end, and you're a really good football player, there is a place for you. It might be FCS, it might be Division two, might be Division three football. I mean, you're going to college for an education and an experience. And because you're playing at a Division three school or Division two school or an FCS school doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy that experience. You can have an outstanding experience at one of these schools, um, something wild and beyond your dreams. It is college. I mean, it is a college experience. It's because your game isn't on ESPN doesn't limit your college experience. The name of the game here is to just extend your playing career. It's kind of like in basketball, you know, where you start fouling guys and you're just trying to extend the game so you can get a title. Well, for some of you, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to extend your playing career. And if you don't meet the measurables that the coaches are out there looking for, then and you say to yourself, well, that's it, I'm not playing ball, well, you're killing yourself. And this is why I urge some of the recruits. Now, this weekend, you're going to have the FCS playoffs going on, and some of these games will be broadcasted on ESPN and ESPN2 and, you know, the ESPN family of networks. Watch the football that's being played there. It's pretty good football. It's competitive football. And I'll tell you what, if you're trying to play in the NFL one day, they go looking in FCS schools, too. They go find kids in Division Two and Division Three and NAI. They'll find you. If you're good, they'll come find you. But again, you're just trying to take the next step. You're trying to Go to college. You're trying to do so for free or as little money as possible. That's the trick here. But this Division One or bust, I'm not going to college. Forget that. Go get an education. So if there's a school out there that wants to you know, pay you to come to their school, they're going to pay for your education or a good portion of it, you'd be a fool to say no to that. You can go to one of these Division One schools and have the quite the miserable experience especially if you're not playing and other guys are getting the opportunities and you're not. It can be miserable. Trust me on that. So don't take that mentality. If, you haven't, if you're not hearing much, if you don't have an offer right now from uh, one of these FBS schools, eh, probably a good chance you're not, you know, unless you have some kind of extenuating circumstances, whether that's something with grades or test score or something of that nature, uh, you know you're undersized. Um, you're not as fast as other guys playing this position and you don't have anything from one of these FBS schools, then let's start refocusing. Start thinking FCS. Start t- thinking Division Two. You know, I know it's late in the process. If you need help with it, you can reach me. Uh, go to my email, cwilson at gridironstuds.com. We can talk about your recruiting process and uh, what Gridiron Studs, you know, what we can offer you and what we can do there. But the biggest part is being honest and truthful and knowing who you are. That kind of goes for anything in life. Success begins with knowing what you are and also what you aren't. And it doesn't mean you're crushing your dream. You're just trying to extend your playing career. You, you know, you don't want your high school, the final game of high school to be the end. Then let's take an honest approach to how you view yourself in relation to all of the other guys that's out there. Sometimes it would pay for you to just go look through the rival's top 100. 
Go look at the top boards at Scouting 247. Look at the dimensions of the guys playing your position. Do you fit those dimensions? Because as shallow as this may seem to you, as foolish as it may seem to you, it's kind of what they're going off of first and foremost. They have to project your ability to battle against the other guys that are in their conference. And while you feel like you may be able to do it, it's not enough for the coaches that are out there because they've got to go back and now convince either the coordinator or the coordinator and the head coach that the guy that they saw that doesn't meet all these measurables can get the job done. The coach that came out and saw you may have seen you at practice, seen you running around, and may personally feel like he can. But now he's got to go back and do a sale job on uh, the coordinator as well as the head coach. Some guys know that in that room, they're never going to win that. So they may not recruit you, and it's nothing personal. They just kind of know what they're up against. Give that coach credit for knowing uh, how things work for him. So because an FBS school is not recruiting you, it's not an indictment on your skill. It's not an indictment on your talent. It's just, you know, you don't fit the measurables. Continue to play football, though. If you can, go get an education. If you can, go do that. Extend your playing career because who knows what will happen. You might go and take off at one of these at a Division II school. You may just really take off. You may not be done growing. You may hit a growth spurt. Or it might not even matter. You just put up such big numbers. You have such a great career that you do get an opportunity to uh, hit your dream, which is play professional football, and who knows. But you won't realize any of that if you say, well, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to just sit at home. Forget it. Didn't get recruited by FSU. So I'm out of it. Didn't get recruited by Texas or those schools like that. So I'm done with this whole football thing. I mean, don't take that approach. Now, if you really don't love football like that, then, yeah, I uh, recommend that you not go do the college football thing because it will be a grind. It will feel like a job at times, and you will have to be completely focused, and you will get enough football. There's no You won't miss it. You'll get enough. And if you really, really want to play, consider one of the other schools. It would definitely help for you to have a GPA. Once you start falling below FBS and FCS, now uh, the GPA becomes ultra important. And if that's an issue for you, consider junior college. And I know that's a, a cuss word for a lot of guys, especially guys down here in the south where you don't have junior colleges readily available to you. You usually got to go to Mississippi or you're going somewhere to Kansas or even all the way out west to California. Feels like uh, a whole world away for for someone who's never left South Florida. But if you're focused, a focused individual, and you know what you're going there for, you can make it work. And a lot of guys that you see on Sunday took the route of junior college first. If you went out and researched it, you'd be surprised how many guys started off in a junior college first and then ended up at a four-year school. And there they are playing on Sunday. So explore all your options, I guess, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you. You want to continue playing. And, again, the trick is to extend your playing career. So don't, uh, at this point in time, when uh, the smaller schools start coming by to your school, um, I, it would be in your best interest to show interest in them if they're showing interest in you. Definitely what you want to do there. So uh, that's just my little message to you guys out there listening. Uh, we'll reach the end of another great recruiting roundtable show. I want to thank my guests that came on the show today, Andrew Spivey 
from Gator Country, Ryan Bartow from 247 Sports, Woody Womack, and uh, Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com, Greg Biggins, Bill Green from Scout.com, and uh, quarterback guru Ken Mastroli. I want to thank him for coming on the show today and sharing his thoughts with myself and the audience here on the uh, Gridiron Stud Show. Appreciate it. Uh, For those of you listening for the first time, you're not a regular listener of the show, the Gridiron Stud Show is on weekdays at 10 a.m., uh, this is the only night show that I do each week, 8 p.m. every Wednesday. And uh, for you guys listening, don't forget what I said now. i got a very special announcement next Wednesday. I know you hate to wait, but I have a very special announcement uh, that will interest quite a few of you out there. And that will be next Wednesday, December 16th. Mark it in your calendars for now. Thank you all for listening to the show. If you enjoy the Gridiron Stud Show, tell a friend. The more the merrier. Appreciate you listening. Enjoy the rest of your evening. See you guys tomorrow morning. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.